Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast. Say that 10 times fast. Oh my God. With your host, Sylvie Dew. Now, before we get started, I just want to share with you some freebies that I have available at askcoachsylvie.ca. So go to askcoachsylvie.ca. I have some free downloads there. One of them is my nine favorite hill climbing drills. Now, download them, try them. And if if you're out there trying to get faster, being intentional on your hill repeats is so important. So try them. Next one is organization, about getting organized. Are you one of those people who runs around trying to find all your stuff? I created a bike bin checklist. So find a bin um, and start getting organized and use this checklist to start accumulating stuff for your seasons. The last one is my one hour bike maintenance clinic. And what it is, is it talks about all the tools that you should be carrying with you every time you go riding, how to use them, why you use them, and other great tips on how to change a flat, how change a broken chain, uh, patch a tube, and other great tips and tricks. So go and um, download them, share them, and I'd also love to know what you thought about them. Now, have an amazing day and enjoy this episode. And remember, follow me on Instagram for more tips on cycling. Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daewoo, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Dew, and this amazing lady, uh, just a second, Marie Soleil Bless. So she is in uh, Bromont, Quebec. So not far from me. I've also had the pleasure of meeting her at my uh, cycling club event, our time trial here in Chelsea, Quebec, not too long ago, where she won first place in the time trial. Congratulations. So we are super, I'm super excited to have her here because she's absolutely, I say she's crushing it. She's having some, she's having a great season. <laughs> So it's having a great season. She's having some great results. We're going to be talking about that. But here is a little bit of a background of, um, about Marie Saleh before we get started. We bring her out. So here you go. So back in the day, Marie Saleh did her first little bike trip on her mountain bike. So that's when she was 13 or 14 years old until hockey became her main focus. And I was kind of surprised when I read that, but. So she played hockey at the highest level collegiate and university, and she played uh, some games in the professional ranks before her career was jeopardized by injury and surgery. So we've heard lots of, you know, athletes being derailed by injury. Some get on their feet, some go to another sport. And um, so Marisale used her bike for fitness training, which is a lot of athletes do that. She didn't know anything about racing and she didn't know anyone in the sport. It wasn't until 2011 as she was preparing for her next hockey training camp in August, an ankle sprain kept her from the gym. She remembers watching the Tour de France, which inspires like so many of us in the month of July or August, um, that while icing her foot and having this thought, she wanted to become a cyclist, quit hockey, and start her new journey. I absolutely love that. So um, she started racing in 2012. Uh, she had her first success in the track and then in the criterium scene before she turned to, to road. 
So Marisele has been a pro since 2019, where she raced with an Italian women's team, Asana, and I think you probably, I recognize the name, um, participated in her first Worlds in 2019. And she also is a member of the national team for Canada and holds 11 Quebec championship titles. 11, let me say 11. <laughs> Welcome, Marisole, to the podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. All right, so I always love to open up and asking uh, everybody how they got into cycling. Now, we know a little bit about the hockey, but let's hear the real story. Um, yeah, I mean, the, that's pretty much like cycling always been part, like a big part of my training. Like, um, especially when I started to have knees injuries, I couldn't run. So by uh, 16, 17 years old, I couldn't run. And uh, I actually bought my first home trainer. Like who, like how many hockey players buy a home trainer? Like uh, it, it's a cycling thing. Like I was a cyclist, even though. Um, and I would do my intervals on the trainer. So like, and especially when I had my shoulder surgery, I did, it was a six month rehab process. And I spent like much and more, more and more time on my bike. And in um, 2011, I did a, an internship in California uh, to learn English because my English was actually not very good just a few years ago. <laughs> it's really good um, now. <laughs> and that summer, like I was doing an internship to learn English, but also I was training every day in the gym for hockey to return for my last season in the university level. And uh, that was the first summer that I didn't have my bike because I went to California as a hockey player. I didn't bring my bicycle. I, I didn't even know that it was possible to fly with a bike at the time. And during that summer, when I had my ankle injury, being away from my bike, it's where I realized like, I want to be on my bike. Like all these sacrifice that I'm doing, like it's not worth, like I was trying, I was, trying to make it to the Olympic games that was that was always been my goal in hockey but then it became it became the center of everything and I think I lost joy in hockey and and but I found joy on the bike so it was like it's not worth it I want to be on my bike so then I just switched and it's like it took me maybe a year or two and then I was like hey, maybe I could try to go to the games on, on my bike. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I haven't been yet. Um, uh, so since then, like, I, I, I was already competitive, so it just continued. I continued. I, have a, I had a good base when I started racing from hockey. Um, and, I, and still today, uh, I still have a very good... Uh, like anaerobic power, all this like punchy stuff, all this comes from my background in hockey. Like I played for like 20 years. So I just had to build endurance. And now it's very cool because I have this endurance, but I also have this layer of ability to punch and punch and punch in the race. While if you look at cyclists who were in the sport since a very young age, they've been cycling and then they struggle to reach that high intensity so it's yeah. i have a very different profile because of that i think that's why okay for so first before i say this but i do think that's why you see hockey players and soccer players really moving fastly through cycling because of that but before we go further what did your teammates think when you're like i'm quitting hockey and i'm going to cycling <laughs> um <laughs> Actually, it was not that much of a surprise. Um, and it's funny because the coach was like, well, if you change your mind, like, uh, or like you can come on Friday practice because of us on Friday, we're like more like optional or like three on three or, and every time that he invited me, it was nice out. And I was like, I'm going for a bike ride. <laughs> I thanks, never went. but no thanks. <laughs> It was like since I and I remember I was watching the Tour de France and I had this this moment like I want to be on my bike that that's all like it's not even about 
I didn't even know I was going to be racing. It was just like the process was just not worth like in hockey. I mean, the, the process of hockey was not worth it. And if I just spend more time on my bike, that's all I want in my life. And, and since then, I never, I never looked back. Yeah, I mean, why would I, you want to be yeah. inside anyways? <laughs> I mean, track is nice too, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I think I always loved the outdoor and, and like, I was 10 years old. I was, I was on my bike all day. Like I, I would do, I did 200 kilometer when I was 15 years old. Like who do that? And I was a hockey player. I don't know anybody who does that 15. <laughs> <laughs> With like my backpack and my, um, I had a, a disc player. Um, oh. CD player. Yeah. <laughs> I had two CDs. And like, <laughs> I did a, a three days bike trip, like 450 kilometers in three days by myself. It rained for the whole day, I, like oh with my, my backpack. And, and I was 15. Like, I just uh, had this outdoor adventure, exploring. I had this in me. And, and I went to the end of my journey in hockey. And then all right, it's time for something new. And, and, and it's really cool to know this because I know that like you can always change like career. It's the same for people. If you come to a point at 35, 40 years old, you come to a point where you don't enjoy your career. Well, you can change like anything. Like it's not because, and it, it, yeah, it was hard in a way because I was identified as a hockey player. Like I had to change. And I think that's why in cycling, it took a long time before I was like, oh, I'm a cyclist because there's this identity. And now I'm like, actually like, no, I'm like cycling is not who I am. Like I am me um, and I love to cycling, you know? Yeah. And I like love I still that. have my hockey number tattooed. And it's kind of a remember a reminder that you can be very intense in, in one thing and then later on you get into something else and life move on and so I think now I have a much healthier relationship with my sport, if that makes sense. Because yes. I've been yeah. through that process of going to the end of it and then oh there's something after anyway you know yeah this isn't the this isn't the end of my sporting career I mean there's so many sports yeah, especially yeah. when you get to such a high level like you could probably pick up any sport honestly and be good at it like next one you can do pickleball no, <laughs> no but I you know I would really like to try speed skating I, I tried a little bit uh maybe five six years ago try, cla cla try skate skiing like like um, oh, I can't do that I get injured oh no <laughs> the what's it called Psoa? yeah it's just a, and even my knees anyway I can't do oh, anything the, but isn't that the same with the skates yeah I know but uh but you're more all like you have to do is try it once to figure it out nah, yeah. ankles and knees don't like it but <laughs> But I really Moving like on. the speed skate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to give it a try. I'll probably, I'll probably be too old to be competitive. I don't. You're yeah, never I don't too old. Do you have Masters champ, World Championships? Sure, 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 sure. But I mean, a few years ago, it was like, oh, maybe I could have like these dual. But then, you know what? In the winter, I'd rather go ride my bike somewhere. <laughs> so Over south, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's true like winning all the time all right well that brings us up to um what you're currently doing so you you went to school through your hockey what did what degree did you finish with um I had a scholarship in Moncton so it didn't really matter what I study as long as I play hockey <laughs> but I did <laughs> what did I you did, study uh, though I did international management, like marketing, like, oh. uh, yeah. Uh, so I did uh, com commerce, just commerce, yeah, um, commerce in, in, Quebec, in Quebec. 
Um, and then I actually did my bachelor in two years because I had four years of CGF, so I had a lot of, so it went really quick. Um, and afterward, I started uh, at McGill um, online marketing, online technology, and then I worked in a web agency. And I really got into uh, web marketing. And oh. um, yeah, so I've been, I was an e-commerce director, like my last full-time job uh up to 2015 six years ago now and um actually the 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 company was having some trouble at some time so they they let me go and it was i was like it was a good timing because i was getting to a point where i couldn't do more like it's really hard to train full-time uh, to to have a full time job, sorry, and to train on top of that, I was like, I can't do more, and I want to do more. Like I had to change something, and in the two years prior to that, I started to specialize in um, Google AdWords and search engine, and yeah. things that I I was like, I need to be very good at something that I could work from distance. And oh, that you're so smart. <laughs> and like I saw it's crazy because when I did my Google certification 2013 14 like I had this in mind this will be my freedom key when like when it's time and it's been so since 2016 and doing freelance work um uh everything search engine um marketing oh my now god I, like, I want to hire you <laughs> well yeah, well, I mean, uh, until October, I'm kind of booked, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, no, because that was one of my questions. Like, how oh, are yeah. you bringing in Paying an income bills. while yeah. you're trying to do this? Yeah. Every you are very smart. Thank you. I'm not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you really want to do something, I think I'm passionate. When you want to do something, you find a way to do it. It's it's not magic. It's not a. Uh, it's and uh, but but like every year, I wonder. Like I've had clients that uh, eventually they like I worked with clients for four years and then and then uh, they hired a bigger agency. Okay, well, okay. So it's like it's really difficult because there's no stability. Sometimes I was down to one client and then sometimes I have seven and then uh, it's like, how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? And <laughs> but I also know that I have a good, uh, I have some experience in, in the work and like if I want to return, like I had some uh, people reaching out to me on LinkedIn and I've been refusing some job offer and um, I even took an interview for a job in San Francisco. And then I was like, no, I don't want to go in an office. Like, we're flexible, <laughs> yeah. flexible what am I doing? I mean, like, and uh, so, so I think this is kind of my security. So I know that I can play this game until I want to do it. Uh, but it's been definitely challenging. Um, so I think like 2018, I remember it was like, if I don't turn pro next year, like this was getting hard. And then I turned pro and then Astana flew me all over the planet. I raced everywhere. The biggest race in the world. I went in Australia, built like everywhere. I raced like, it, yeah, it was, um, like, it uh, was so worth it. Yeah. Is this like, do I want to be pro? Real? <laughs> No, no, it was amazing. It was okay. just like <laughs> finally it was worth it. No, no, I, uh, it was a crazy schedule, but it was uh, it was like all this work of paid off because now I had somebody, I had a tiny salary, um, but my expenses were covered, and I didn't have to. So, like for five years, so so when I I quitted my full time job, I uh, I sold my apartment, like I, I rented my apartment. And then the guys just just took the lease, and I sold the uh, all the they they offered to buy all the the furniture. So I was gone in the U.S. 
and they were like, hey, we would take your lease if you're if you'd like to stay in the U.S. We can buy all your furniture. <laughs> okay. Just a second. <laughs> There's some things I want, actually. Well, so well, my parents, my parents came. Like, thank you, mom and dad. Yeah. They I took your pictures off the wall and stuff. <laughs> yeah, basically, they went and took like pick up my personal stuff that I that was still there. But that was it. And and they did that when I was racing somewhere, Minnesota, there, I don't know. And uh, so it's so since then, so since January 2016, I never had a, a place. And then I was like two weeks with my parents flying, like, but always in my suitcase. So it was getting heavy. And uh, during the pandemic, um, I, one of my clients, actually, one of my clients um, is doing mortgage. Um, he's a courtier de hypothèque. I don't know what to in it. Um, so we were doing a campaign, a marketing campaign for, uh, for first, first home buyers. So as we're like brainstorming the approach to tell like 30 year old people who like to buy their first house and the rates are good, da, 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 da. So he was telling me that. And then he was like, why don't you buy something? And I was like, I'm sorry, it's windy. Is it too windy? It's okay. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, fine. Okay. And uh, I was like, are you crazy? Like, I could never afford that. He was like, let me, let me just try to see. Um, and so actually it was a, his idea, he said, to find the place in Beaumont because I could rent it very easily. And uh, and so that that could be my security. Like if I can't afford it, then I can rent it and then go back. Or then if I'm going to travel, then I can rent it for six, seven months, like whatever I need. Yeah. So he was like, oh, then maybe maybe it's feasible. So uh, he put me in touch with uh, someone in Vermont to find me this amazing deal. Uh, so I finally have my own place. It's been just over a year that I have wow. a place. So it's been a lot of sacrifice. You're like, how can she do it? Well, <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're willing to. Yeah. I like to say scrappy. Yeah. Like, willing to be scrappy. You remind me a lot of, have you met Lex Albrecht? You must have. Yeah, I mean, but we're different in, in, in many ways. I know, place. but I, but you two remind yeah. me of each other. Yeah. Like you're like you're Quebecers. Well, she's kind of from Ontario, but she's like a Quebecer. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and and but she's, you know, she's just like good hustling. Like your hustling. Your hus <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I just like, well, I love it. Um. So okay. So when did your contract finish with Asana? Is that like when COVID hit? Like everything just kind um, of no um actually there there was only two people that spoke english on that team two girls um and one bs the rest was italian and spanish and uh they both quit the team in june and uh yeah communication like was covid was like last year no no that was 2019 so okay uh, and then um yeah, they, they didn't renew my contract and I found another, so I went with Pujas, Mettler, uh, a Swiss team. They were ranked about the same. I think Pujas was 14 and Astana was 15. Anyway, kind of the same, kind of the same uh, international roster uh, based in Switzerland. So for 2020, I was racing for Pujas. I went to Spain. Uh, we had a sponsor that had a, that had a house in Mallorca. <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not too bad. Um, and so when so I was supposed to, it was frustrating because every my calendar was always changing, and then I was set to start on March 13 with the classic in Belgium when the pandemic hit. So I was still in Spain. So I I didn't race. So oh, January, okay. February, you... and March, I was in Spain just waiting for my season to start. And then I was about to fly when, oh shit, maybe it might be canceled. And things were just, everything started to, to be, get canceled. And it was like, 
what's going on. So it was 3,000 bucks to fly back home. It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And like at the time, it was like panicking. Like, oh my God, am I going to be stuck in Spain? Not really. Yeah. So then went back to Canada at my parents. Thanks for my mom and dad. <laughs> are they in Montreal? Or are they around Berlin? Um, Where are they? Uh, almost two hours from here, in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's near Victoriaville. Oh, okay. Kind of like between Montreal and Quebec on the highway. Like yeah. it's called center of Quebec, the area, and it's oh, really? we're in the center of the center of Quebec area. Oh, yeah. So it's like we're in the center of Quebec. <laughs> right <laughs> i think i drove through there no <laughs> yeah yeah where the dinosaur on the highway oh you know there's dinosaurs on the highway uh exit 2215 well we anyway. were we, we drove up anyways we were we drove up to gas bay not too long ago uh, oh, but it's yeah. probably not along the 40 not the 40 the 20 uh the 20 the 15 yeah know. we're on the yes. 20 anyway right so okay, so they're close to you, not regardless. They're in Quebec. Yeah, yeah. So but, I went um, there, and then uh, season started again in Europe. So I started my 2020 season, uh, and the end of August I raced at La Course by the Tour de France. Yeah, okay. And then uh, a few race Ardèche and, and World, my second World, even though it's kind of a strange year, uh, and then a few uh, classic in the fall. In, in Belgium and then uh, but it wasn't the healthiest team like uh, yeah it was there was a lot of insults and uh, yeah it was I came back pretty crushed I I didn't know it was possible to have such a terrible experience and uh, I don't want to go too much in details but I came back and I was like like is that is that what cycling is? Like, it was it was very it was very hard. But then cycling. So I was on the national team um, with financial support. Finally, um, and uh, so Cycling Canada decided to to renew all of the athletes that were on the national team, regardless, because like to kind of cancel all the year because it has been just a cancel all the criteria and stuff and uh and they also hired uh, a coach Dan Poop he's yeah. a mountain biker do you know him yeah 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 oh yeah I so did um now. oh no way I yeah. I met him last year this time I get well it was in uh I did a coaching course with him in November it was like a six-week course that's where I met like I met him, he was the the leader. I met um, Carolyn Prunel, Prudel, the mountain biker. Like I met all these like uh, racers, and I was like, holy moly! And that's that's like um, Alan Dempsey as well, who's here. Um, so it was just it was for all coaches in Canada, yeah. like a stra- straight across Canada. So I met from like BC and Saskatchewan, like all these people. It was really yeah, good. Yeah. It was uh, yeah, he's like the coach of the coach. Yeah, like the co- coach of coaches, like coach of coaches. Yeah, he's yeah. been around. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen. A lot. Yeah, he's been around for a while, and I, I was at that point, I was like, I am done paying for coaching. Um, I had I, I was one year with an Australian as a coach and the relationship was just it was just difficult there's just so many women out there it's very hard to find a coach that truly believes in you and like that doesn't just take take the the, the paycheck every month and just a training program and just it's very hard and uh, so I was like I am done paying for a coach I am done doing things that I don't enjoy about cycling and uh and then Cycling Canada asked uh mandate mandated uh that crew to to take on uh some woman and offer coaching so he became my coach through Cycling Canada 
and he's been so understanding, so supportive, um, so like he knew. I didn't have to say many things. He knew everything, and I like. I never had a coach that was that supportive, and now I'm like, I don't know how I did it without anyone telling me that I can. <laughs> you know, it's like it's so much nicer. Yeah, he's uh, he's coached a lot of women too, and maybe that's the difference as well. Not to mention being can Canadian. Yeah, I, I mean, you can always yeah being Canadian. Yeah, yeah, and and I like when I tell him, I I told him I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to put him at nationals. He was like, Marie, I think you can win. But like, just, and then I was like, oh, what if I try to win instead? Like, it doesn't matter what happened. It's just like, just have this, this, uh, this power suddenly of like believing in myself. Like, just because somebody, I was like, this was so powerful. Why? Like, it's so important to have a coach that believes in you. It's uh, massive difference i think i've always been exceptionally determined and and self-motivated but then when things went were really hard to have him to, to step up and really help me to get back together and like like oh, wow. yeah i know I've heard, i've heard lots of good things about dan i'm still yeah. trying to get him on the podcast so oh, maybe yeah. well, <laughs> I asked him after, but he's like, oh, I'm really busy. <laughs> yeah. I know you got so yeah. many clients. <laughs> I mean, and, and honestly, I talked to Dan on the phone four times during the year. Like, oh. like oh. It, it, we don't have to, like, there's a lot of maybe more written communication. Like, I'll write comments in my training, and he told me, you write everything you want in your comments. You don't have to filter like sometimes I, with my previous coach, I I would like, oh, I can't say I'm tired or, you know, it's like with him, it's like you can you can complain, you can say everything. And <laughs> I don't it's know. my I, journal. It's, Fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so sometimes he'll reply. He's like, yeah, he's been very supportive. And then he just writes my program. It's been steady. I think. I would say I did a little bit less than what I did in the past with previous coach in terms of training load. Uh, I think definitely less, it seems, but it's also difficult to compare because because I did so few races compared to the previous year. So I think the racing adds a layer of stress of fatigue. So then when you're trying on top of it, you're always like, Ugh. and now this year I can take training maybe more easily because I have a place where I can rest and I'm well, not always yeah, in my mean, case. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that makes a huge difference when you know yeah. that you have a place to go to and like you're not, yeah. you know, in different time zones oh. and like sleeping in different <laughs> places and yeah. all sorts of things. Yeah. Well, okay. So before we move on, tell me, I love watching you on on Instagram, Facebook, like you're always camping, you got your dog and just tell me about a little bit about like this summer, because like you're racing a lot, but you're also enjoying, like enjoying yourself, you know, and um, you don't see many people yeah. doing that and doing like doing what you're doing. I'm yeah. Um, I think there's, there's two things. The first thing is, um, I did a, a big bike packing trip uh, in the spring and that came be like, I was like, okay, I don't have a contract because so Kujias didn't like, I was not continuing with Kujias, that was for sure. And uh, it was late in the year, couldn't find a contract. And so I was like, okay, there is very few races. Most amateur races are canceled. Uh, I mean, in the, in Europe, like you had to be on a team to race. That's the only the only racing that was happening were professional races. So without a contract, I was like, okay, what am I doing? And uh, and then and then I think it helped me. Also, he was like, like, what would you like to do? And <laughs> then I was like, I really? want to go ride my bike somewhere I've never been. 
um and then so he was like okay like think about where you'd like to, and, and I just came with this idea but I could never afford the idea of camping came because I could never afford to go rent an Airbnb for a month somewhere I've never been because I've been in Tucson I have some contacts in Tucson I can oh have you been of, in home stretch yeah also yeah with Catherine yes I know Catherine yeah yeah um awesome. um so and then my sister had a tent, so I called my sister, and I had never camped before. I had no <laughs> idea. I thought I thought athletes had to to eat this way, to sleep, to do like everything as tightly as possible. And then, but then there was no races happening, so I had the the, the time to experiment with this. And so many people camp, so why would I wouldn't be able to do it? So like. I called my sister. She's like, <laughs> my sister is like my idol in terms of she, she traveled the world backpacking. She's done oh, crazy wow. stuff. Uh, very impressive. Like not. So she's got the two. She's got the gear, the right gear you need. Not not the big tent. She's got the teeny tiny she's tent. Got she's the got the sleeping tent. bag and yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was like, can I borrow your tent because, like there's I have to buy like bags for my bike and like you know, just so she was like yeah and like a very expensive lightweight tiny tent <laughs> and so in three weeks like it was mid-February there was a, a track camp that I really wanted to do but then that was canceled so when it got canceled I was like all right well before the end the the the, the year and before racing starts let's do something now and so I set to leave early March. And then in three weeks, I learned everything about how to make food while camping. Like, not just camping, but like, like backpacking, like everything tiny, small, carrying. And I really want to go to Utah. And like, there's not a lot of, if I really wanted to go off-road because now I had a mountain bike that I bought to train in the winter. So putting all these pieces together and I was, I had goosebumps. I was really driven by the, the challenge that like learning all these things. And it was so difficult in the beginning that, <laughs> that my, like I would ride seven, eight hours a day. And these were the easiest time because everything else was so <laughs> like difficult. Like, I'm just gonna keep biking because I don't want to stop and put my tent up. <laughs> packing in the morning when it's like five degrees because it was snowing. It was very cold that night and in the morning. Like it's it's you, nice. Did you backpack? Day. Did you do that in Quebec? No, that was but it, at altitude. Like I went to Bryce Canyon and Grand Canyon, and it was snowing. I mean, the nights were in the. It was zero. It was. So like your fingers, you're trying to pack everything in them every day. And then I had my thumb in blood after a week because all the, the fan and plaque packing. And uh, anyway, it was, it was very hard, but it was very, uh, I learned so many things about myself and what I, what I love. And I think it really connected me with the nature. Like I discovered a world, like after two weeks, I started to, like when I had, uh, a choice between a very difficult route or a paved road to the next city. I was like, I want to try this road. And like, I just, I just realized that I was responsible for my own struggle. Like I always put myself in these situations because I love how it feels to, to do it, how I'm proud of myself and how I was like, I think I'm just learning what I like. I love to push myself because I love the reward that comes with it. And so all of these struggles that happens in cycling, actually I choose to get there. It's not the struggle that comes to me. I actually put myself out there. And so this really helped me. It really um, motivated me to come back into racing because I was like, I'm choosing to the, the to try to come back at the highest level of the sport, but it's my decision to to struggle through all the challenges and 
the goal is just to get that satisfaction from from trying to push yourself and so like suddenly it was like not about proteins not about the others but just like my own journey of like pushing my own limits and uh what we were talking about camping so what happened after is that i got so good at at dealing with uh <laughs> like carrying everything so then when the season started i was like i could just camp out of my car that would be so easy i can carry eight liters of water <laughs> that's so easy and i can carry all my gears like uh everything i might need like very comfortable like yeah. soap like you don't carry soap in the desert <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Lucky so, you get to wash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and um so actually I think the backpacking trip helped me to push those barriers, those boundaries so that now uh I can enjoy camping and it's just the nice it's like the nice part of camping without the hassling of having to I mean the weather has been nice too so it's been yeah, it's been lucky. so easy. And I can, it just, uh, the few times that I've been camping, like Beckham, I did like uh, a week camping out of my car and just living with that sunrise and sunset, it just connects you. Like just after that week, like it just brings me back to that bikepacking trip where I was so in tune with the earth and I just feel that, that, that them. And I, I think it's definitely beneficial to, beneficial to my racing because I'm I'm happy I'm relaxed I'm having fun and it's so freaking cheap also <laughs> so the other thing so there was a bikepacking trip that opened me the door to camping and then there was like oh it would be so much cheaper if I don't have to book a, a hotel and like a hotel you have to check in there's the time oh and then you bring your luggage inside yeah. Ugh, so difficult <laughs> no we did uh I did um when I first got into racing I would and I didn't have a lot of money either and I would go to race courses and sleep in my car and I would rent like the room like the night before the road race so I, I had at Make least sure like well yeah <laughs> at least one night out of the two but you know but I you know I didn't care I was and I would I would take a swim in a in some lake and and exactly but you just I felt and um and I haven't done any camping like uh by myself uh, for a very long time like we just went like I've got the family now so yeah yeah. we camp and we can you camp and Yeah. yeah but the thing is that we went to Quebec and we for seven days and half of it was camping and half of it was in the hotel but I tell you I came back like so um I don't know re-energized and and I like camping because you just roll out of bed like I love cooking at the fire like everything and like the coffee and you just sit back and you're just like uh and you know you just travel at your own pace and yeah the the trees the nature just Mm -hmm. down you can't it's impossible to be stressed in camping just the environment is yeah and in uh, camping boreal where i was for provincials it was very nice so i went to um, a campground for the races so I could have like a shower and I could leave my stuff oh cool so it was like (laughs) it was so easy (laughs) I could leave like my hammock and and stuff at the campground and then I just go to to the race and then come back and then just shower (laughs) it's like luxury (laughs) yeah really and And, uh, they had these uh like it was like it was like a little hole in the wood so I had my hammock in the center of it was like magical it was so nice I was like what? did you camp by yourself or did, did you have anybody with you because you're uh, no, you're still myself. racing 
were you still right are you still racing with team canada or was are you independent because um uh, like both i mean the national team um it's more like for world championships and oh, okay, things okay, like okay. that okay. so it's yeah. not like you don't race um yeah and this year there's been zero race with the national team other than they had some projects for u23 but i'm like 32 now so <laughs> oh. <laughs> And yeah, and that's the thing also, like, because I started cycling so late, like, I never had this, I had a different path for sure than those who came through, like, junior, junior programs. There's a lot of things for juniors and U23. Past that, kind of on your own. So I think, I think I learned it this way. I learned to figure it out by myself. So now it's with my experience it's easy to go to a race by myself camping out of my car and then <laughs> it looked nice on Instagram with my hammock in the middle I of know. Nowhere. and then well, oh, I'm just gonna go win a bike race today <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> yeah uh, I love my hammock and then I'm killing it in the race and then I'm back it's just, uh, and I'm yeah. like but I love but there was like <laughs> there was there's a lot of things that came before i think you you know the, yeah, yeah. the years of training and the sacrifice yeah, like, I, yeah i know yeah. you don't just but but people the, know yeah yeah but i mean you're but the thing is that you're not just training and racing you know like you're training you're racing you're enjoying yeah life uh, at now the same time you know i can't yeah yeah definitely i can't sacrifice enjoyment has to be part of it i'm not doing anything that doesn't enjoy that doesn't include enjoyment along the way and then said that very he said that to me he said like ask any of of olympic medalists if uh if this like if they would have done it if it wasn't fun and like a medal is not worth like years of like struggling or not enjoying like they will all tell you it's not worth it so yeah it's very important and I, after not having a contract it's like I think also there was less pressure it's like okay I I can do whatever I want I can try to return pro so that's my goal to return pro but like it's my own decision and then maybe it will work maybe it won't work but in either case I'm gonna be on my bike and it's gonna be fun and like so I'm like okay then I don't have anything to worry then you can just jump in your car put your house on be Airbnb work on the road do a circuit around the United States race like have a couple things like yeah I love it that's the plan but that's definitely one of the options yeah so that then then we're just gonna finish it up with like the three-year plan or maybe the next year plan. <laughs> like because now it's the fall um i don't know if there's anything left on the calendar right now um, uh there's nationals nationals in two weeks uh sure. is that bose yeah the elite uh nationals so time trial is going to be on the September 10th and road race on the 12th so it's a big goal for me because what else do I have <laughs> I didn't have many races this year so for sure um, get, you need to get some big prize money out of this there I don't think there's any money to win I, know. I didn't I won zero dollar at provincials hey you zero. won more at my race than I won a lot more at your race i will Thank go again you. 200 dollars. <laughs> yeah um yeah uh, and then after i'll see if i can have a contract for next year either in europe or i'm hoping to return in europe but but it, in all case i i will be i have confidence that i'm capable to figure it out again i'll be on my bike no matter what 
And uh, the goal is still to try to make it to the Olympic Games. I never stopped trying. <laughs> hey. Um, we'll see. I, I'm like, I was actually ranked fourth in Canada in 2019. And I did, I was selected for Worlds uh, twice, 2019 and 2020. This year, um, Canada didn't qualify as many points because most, because the North American uh, races were canceled. So we had a lot less points. Therefore, Canada didn't qualify as many spots. So I won't make the selection because I think there might only be three or four girls that can go when usually it's been six girls on the team. So that's your track. Think, uh, yeah, I could definitely return to the track. The, um, there's there are some one girls boat. retiring after these Olympics. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's uh, there's new one coming. It's yeah. <laughs> it's very competitive. Uh, definitely, I I I want to give another shot at the track. Uh, Jenny knows Jenny True. Uh, she knows she knows I always love the track, and there's velodrome being built uh, right here in Bromont. Oh, by the way, are you watching the construction over there? What's going on? Uh, it's growing every week. It's it's it looks like Lego. It's just like boop 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 boop. Oh, so cool! The the outdoor of the velodrome will be finished before the snow arrives. So then they will be able to start. I think they're talking about a year, and like next year at this time, we might should be able to ride it. Because okay, I've seen the plans, like yeah. all the, the interior uh, businesses yeah. and gyms and stuff. And yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. So we're going to have a really nice facility right here. One kilometer from my home. So I need a good coach. I mean, you can always coach. Uh, I don't know if I want to coach. <laughs> I, there's many, there's many things I'd like to do. There's so many things I'd like <laughs> That's to not one of them. <laughs> That's not one of them. Uh, <laughs> okay, you can say it. No. I think it, yeah. it's very hard to coach. It's very hard. Uh, Dan is very <laughs> exceptional, and I have a lot of respect. Like, being in touch, like, it's the relationship that, like, even though only a few calls, like, he's giving me so many, so much energy. He has to give that energy all the athletes it's very hard and writing training programs and no I think I'd like to I have many ideas I'd like to get in the startup world and like everything social entrepreneur I think it's because I had my own company when I was 18 Uh, years old I knew it (laughs) so yeah I'll I'm a professional at figuring things out. I will figure it out. <laughs> You're a hustler. Not not in a bad way, but yeah. you know yeah. that, I mean, yeah. just having that um, knowledge, that online knowledge, like that sets you apart from so many others. Like you said, you can work anywhere. You can put your house on Airbnb, like your apartment and, you know, make good money. Go south. Um, and ride your bike. Yeah. And ride your bike and work. I mean, sometimes it's difficult. It sounds easy, but when you do a five-hour ride, like, you can't just sit in front of a computer. Like, your brain needs a, Yes, like, yeah. It's still, I find it, sometimes I find it hard to get everything done. Like, I feel like I have three jobs. It's just, like, like two, but I have, like, cycling and then resting and then marketing. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's why you gotta automate everything. Uh, no, yeah, I still need my brain, and so it's 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 not because I'm there physically that I'm. So it's it's still difficult to get a lot enough work done to pay the bills, and then yeah, but yeah, if you need if you need like I'll hire you in October sure we can we can talk about that and and if there's any listeners who need the uh, help with search engine 
uh, Careful. Yeah, where can we find you? Where can you find uh, her? On Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Not only can you have, watch her exciting I, I life. A, I mean, I'm there on, I, I have my resume, my professional resume on LinkedIn. Uh, go to LinkedIn. They been, should just go just, there and find you. Yeah, it's been a word of mouth, so I didn't have to make a website about my professional services, but I'm happy to tell you more on the phone what I what I do and what I yeah no that would be kind of cool because actually uh, I could probably we could probably use some stuff for our club. I want to take it in a whole different direction, and I can do uh, social media marketing, website strategy, newsletter, all that, all that stuff. Like Everybody look for her yeah. on LinkedIn for her social services. Keep it professional, but <laughs> I will have all her social media links in the bio. If you want to go and follow her and see how fun and watch her at nationals in a couple yeah. weeks, go yeah. cheer her on there. So this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Medi. Is it Medi? Is it just Medi or is Medi Sale? Yeah, yeah, Medi Sale. But Medi, how you got your name, yeah. Medi Sale? Uh, is there a story I mean, behind that? No. Um, I mean, it was it was kind of common. There there are some Medi Sale in French. Oh there really? Was, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and there was uh, Medi Sale to go. I think. Uh, my parents really liked her she was a public personality i'm not too sure and then she died young in an accident unfortunately but anyway <laughs> anyway i have a different story <laughs> all right well thank you so yeah. much that's been amazing uh, this has been a great chat um, thanks so much for having me yeah i oh, really enjoyed it <laughs> oh well thanks and like i said i'll be watching you i'll be watching we'll be watching we'll see what what you've been up what you're up to and and how nationals goes and so make sure you follow both of us on social media on instagram and for any of the business uh questions like i said go find her on linkedin keep it professional um and thank you so much until next time we'll have yourself an amazing day thanks Vivi. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.